You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. Good morning all. Uh, yes, we're going to uh, launch into our new series looking at uh, the parables of Jesus, uh, kingdom stories as uh, we like to call them. I want to uh, start off really by asking a question, a little bit of mental maths for you. Okay, and uh, I want to, uh, in a moment, I want to invite you to respond to a question if you have been a Christian for five years or less, or 40 years or more. So I just want you to do the mental maths on that. I'll come back to that in a moment. I'll just get you going on that one, because I know it takes a while for some of you to count how many years (laughs) that you've been a Christian. We're going to look at this new series of parables, and uh, it's, it's to do with hearing with faith. This is really what I want to speak about today. It's about putting it into practice, okay? And the Bible says a lot about this. There's quite a lot of data in the Bible about, you know, how valuable or not valuable hearing the Word of God is according to whether or not you actually put it into practice. And essentially, if you don't put it into practice... You might as well go home now and save yourself half an hour of a, a man ranting here. You know, if you do put it into practice, it's something that Jesus would consider to be commendable. So we're going to look at that. But before we do that and get into that in detail, let's just be honest with ourselves for a moment. Okay? I'm not speaking from a place of personal despair here. I face my own challenges uh, in life as uh, as any of you would, and um, you know, have my own joys and trials that any of you would face. But if you were to just think about your own circumstances for a moment, some of you listening to this message, you might say, you know, life is going really well at the moment. Thank you, Morris. Don't disturb. <laughs> don't, don't say anything that's going to upset me, because actually things are going quite well at the moment. Everything is looking rosy. God is great. Life is great. The future looks good. My conscience is clear. My bank balance is full. Everyone loves me. Everything is well. Morris, don't say anything to upset me. Well, I don't want to say anything to upset you, okay? If uh, we have seasons where things are going well, I mean, sometimes it's, it's even, you know, it can just be our temperament, you know. And I can go to bed, look at the circumstances of life and everything look a bit grim. And, uh, you know, a good night's rest and in the morning, things don't look so bad. Um, but, you know, for some of you at the moment, things are going well, and I bless you in that. It's a wonderful thing that things are going well for you. But sooner or later, you'll face trials and challenges. All of us do. And for some of you at the moment, listening to this message, life is a bit tough. It's a bit of a tough gig, all right? God is great, you know that, but life can be distressing and life can be confusing. You may be facing pressures or concerns about particular relationships, aging parents to care for, a perplexing husband or wife to try and live with. Children to navigate through the storms and obstacles of life. A sickness that God hasn't healed. A bereavement that still seems unfair. Financial uncertainties. Past regrets or sadnesses that you're still trying to push through. People to forgive for unforgivable sin against you. Overwhelming waves of unsettling fears and emotions to ride. Trying to find satisfaction in life. Significance. Security self-worth, people may have let you down, church may have disappointed you, you 
realize you're stuck in a career you can't get out of now, you feel trapped in your circumstances, whatever they may be, and you just feel like hanging it all, buying a small house in the south of France or Lanzarote, and seeing out your days in peace and quiet. You know, I want to speak particularly to those today who need something to grab hold of, right? Because all of us, you know, Jesus cheerfully promises us that we're going to face trials of every kind. All of us are going to be facing, and temptations, not from God, but from the devil. God will never tempt us. But we'll face trials, temptations, challenges, storms. We're going to face tough circumstances. And I want to speak to those today who particularly need something to to take hold of that is solid and immovable and is going to help you steer a course through the challenges that life is throwing up for you at the moment. An anchor, a rock, something immovable and unreliable that will never let you down and will be the one thing you can depend on in a changeable and tumultuous existence. That's what I want to speak about today. As John Piper says, life is tough, but God is great. Okay. Now then, you're doing some mental maths earlier. I want to see who in the room here has been following Jesus for five years or less. Would you like to stand up where you are? If you've been following Jesus for five years or less, stand up where you are. Here we go. That's wonderful. Let's thank God for these uh, beautiful <laughs> testimonies of grace. Just stand there for a moment. Stand there for a moment. We want to honor you. We want to be grateful to God that it's a difficult day to be a Christian. It's a very difficult day to give your heart to Jesus. Our culture is not enthusiastic about faith or Christianity. We've got lots of uh, other temptations and opportunities out there. To stand for Jesus and to follow Jesus uh, today is a massive thing. Okay, And also, you are like a seed of promise for more harvest to come. Yeah. Church, we want to see many more standing up in the years to come, don't we? Hey? And we want to see many more. That's why we're here. We're safe. We've got our Willy Wonka golden ticket out of here. But we want to see many more saved and gathered in. So I just want you, just where you're sat now, just to reach out a hand to these people. I'm just going to pray for them, okay? And we're just going to thank God for these precious souls. Thank you, Jesus. You've redeemed and saved these dear people just in these last few years. We thank you, Lord God, that these people have got the courage to stand up and say, no, I am now going to follow Jesus. And I, I commit to do that for the rest of my days. I'm going to follow him. And Lord, we want to pray. Will you guard this precious seed? Will you guard this, Lord? Uh, will you come in with your beautiful, mighty strength? And Lord, will you build a firm foundation, send roots very, very deep, and equip our friends here to survive every storm that may come? Lord, you never promise it's going to be easy, but you promise you're going to be there to the end with us. And so we want to pray. Let these dear people be deeply rooted in their relationship with you. And we bless and thank you for them, Lord. And so will you give us many, many more. Lord, it's in our heart, Lord. We don't just want to rearrange people in Ipswich who want to go to church. Lord, we don't just want to present a preferable style of church. That's not interesting to us. What is interesting is that we see, as Ian so beautifully prayed, people who are delivered out of the dominion of darkness and into the kingdom of the Son that you love, Lord. We want to see people go from darkness to light, from death to life, eternal. Many in Ipswich and beyond, Lord. And so we just 
Bless these people as a seed of future promise, Lord, that you've got many more that you're going to save and add to us. And so we bless them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, folks. You may take your seats. Be honoured. Now, the other end of the scale, okay? Maybe you were saved in your childhood or teens or 20s or whatever, and you've been walking with Jesus thick and thin, decade after decade, all right? I want you to stand if you've been following Jesus for 40 years or more. Do you want to stand where you are? 40 years or more. Here we go. Amazing. Let's honor these people. Let's honor these people. We want to honor you because you have done something remarkable. We know, I'm absolutely sure, that you would have faced more than your fair share of trial and challenge. You wouldn't be normal if that wasn't the case. All right? And I'm sure there's things you look back on in life that you think, well, if I had that again, I'd do it differently, and maybe mistakes you've made. But you are here, and you have overcome, and you have prevailed. And that is a precious thing. And we want to suck you dry and learn what we can. How did you battle through? How did you stand firm? And we want to pray that you'll stand firm to the end. All right? That you're going to finish strong. You're going to burst through the finishing line. And you know, say, Jesus, to the end of my days, it's you and you only. I follow. So, folks, let's lift out our hands again to these dear people. I'm just going to pray for them. And just say, Lord Jesus... We just want to honor precious faith, Jesus. We know these people would have faced all manner of challenge and trial. There would have been dark days. There would have been mountaintop days. Lord, but you know, here they are. They are pressing on with you. And we just want to honor that, Jesus, and say what a beautiful thing it is to have that in our church, people that have been walking with you for 40 years and more. And we say, will you keep them strong, Lord Jesus? Let them be a a testimony to us who are still working our way through. Lord, we, uh, we pray bless them with strong years to come. Lord, 10, 20, 30 years to come more. Lord, and in those days, they will walk ever closer to you. And they will be uh, a living witness to us of what it means to tread in the footsteps of Jesus. So we honor these dear folks. Lord, you say that those who honor me before men, I will honor before my Father in heaven, Lord. And we want to honor these people, Lord. And uh, because not, not necessarily because they've always got it right, Lord, but because they have never given up on you. And Lord, that, we want that to be our story. For everyone in this room, we want it to be our story, that we will never give up on you, Jesus. But we will always turn to you, even when we stuff it up, even when life deals us a tough hand, we're going to trust you, and we're going to trust you to the very end. So will you bless these dear folks right now? You are greatly honored among us. You are greatly honored among us. 40 years and more following Jesus. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Lord, let that be the story for all of us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so how do we do this? How do we stand firm through trial and test, follow Jesus for decades through all the joys and trials of life, and stay standing, overcome, prevail, stand firm, 
What do we hang on to to build our lives upon that will be reliable, immovable, an anchor, a rock? Well, Jesus, helpfully, himself gives us an answer. So if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 7, and we can read what Jesus has to say about this. He says this in verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. <clears throat> the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, the challenges of life beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man built his hand on the house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So Jesus here giving us a very simple answer. What is the rock upon which we can build our lives? He's saying, well, it's my words, actually. And it's not just my words. It's my words, hearing them, and doing them. It's putting my words into practice. That is the rock upon which you can build your life. The one rock upon which you can build your life. If you are a follower of Jesus, you're looking for a rock to build your life upon that will hold you steady through the storms of life, then the words of Jesus are the rock because he said so. <laughs> These are the rock. This is the rock he said. My words, do them. And you're wise. Don't do it. You're foolish. Okay? They're only a rock if you hear them and do them. So, I, I mean, I know I have limitless compassion, okay, for people going through the storms of life who are listening to the words of Jesus and are doing them. I will be with you every inch of the way. Limitless compassion. Storms of life. Try to do what Jesus says. I have limited compassion for people going through the storms of life, listening to the words of Jesus and ignoring them. Am I allowed to say that? Is that a bit harsh? Am I allowed to? Thank you, Tim. Thank you. I've got permission from Tim. <laughs> you know? People come, they have needs, challenges, difficulties. You say, let's see what the words of Jesus say. Let's apply the words of Jesus to our life. They say, no, I don't want to do that. I can't help you. Yeah? You can come to my meetings. You can sing along and la, la, la. You can have a boo in the corner. I cannot help you. I can, there's nothing I have got. But I have got the words of Jesus. And if you do it, that's the rock. Okay? So Jesus said this himself. The one who builds his life by hearing his words and acting upon them is a wise person. And the one who does not build his life by hearing his words and acting upon them is a, a foolish person. So, the very, this is not a, a rocket science sermon. It's a very simple sermon. Which are you? Are you a wise person? In your deepest distress and difficulty and challenge, are you the one turning and staring intently into the words of Jesus? and thinking, I've got to put this into practice in my life. 
I've got to bring myself into line with this. I've got to build everything. I've got to build my life on this. Because this is the rock. Because my king said so. And his sheep hear his voice. Yeah? That's, is that you? Or are you aware of the words of Jesus, but actually, actually you're not actually paying any attention? You're ignoring them. You're not putting them into practice. As Jesus would say, I'm not saying this, as Jesus would say, are you a fool? Only a foolish person would do that. Okay? Which are you? Yeah? Are you reaching for other advice that the world has to offer in order to survive? You know, imitate this celebrity, wear this, drink this, snort that, behave like this, don't trust anyone, nurse that hurt, bear that grudge, indulge that habit, dismantle that marriage and family, look after number one. That's all the world has to offer, folks. Tell me if they've got anything else. They haven't. Who else can we turn to? Only Jesus has the words of eternal life. It's the only way. He's the only one to turn to. He's the rock. Come on, folks. Jesus says, whoever has, has ears to hear, let him hear. And one of the clearest ways in which we can hear the words of Jesus is to read the words that are recorded for us in the Bible. You know, however we... Uh, uh, wonder that God would want to reveal himself. He chose to reveal himself in a book. He also revealed himself in his fullness in Jesus. And he reveals himself to us today by his spirit, moment by moment. But, you know, whether you like it or not, whether you consider yourself to be a book reader or not, he chose to reveal himself in a book. The words of Jesus are in here. And we are given to understand that it is sufficient yeah? Everything you need to know is in here that matters about anything. It's in here. You don't have to look anywhere else. It's in here. Okay? And on many occasions and in many ways, Jesus chose to speak to us in parables or kingdom stories. Now, it's possible sometimes, because these stories are actually easy to grasp in essence, not necessarily always in application, but even, you know, we teach them to our children, we teach them in Sunday school. I was talking with a lady after the morning service. She was saying, those verses that we read, Matthew 7, we'll come on to Luke 8 a little later on. I remember practicing those as memory verses with my children at Sunday school. You know, but because of that, sometimes we can sometimes think, well, they're just they're stories. You know? Now we get into the real meat. Come on, you know, the epistles. Great. You know, I'm an epistles man. Uh, it's not something you normally say in public, but uh, <laughs> you know, I love... Paul and Peter wrestling with meat, you know. But the apostles were expounding the words of Jesus. They weren't improving on the words of Jesus or adding to the word. They were, they were explaining the words of Jesus to us. And Jesus, we have the Sermon on the Mount. We have other sort of uh, words of Jesus. But one of his preferred ways of speaking to us was through parables, these stories that illustrate profound concepts, kingdom wisdom, eternal truth, wrapped up in a story because he knows that this will help us to understand those who have ears to hear. All right. Now, 
what we have to remember is that these are not sort of little stories and then Paul and, and the others, they wrote the epistles and that's where they're... You know. No, these are the words of the King of Heaven. These are the words of Almighty God. These are the words of the Lord of Laws and King of Kings who was and is and is to come, who was there in the beginning. These are the very, very words of the King. And so it's an error in our thinking somehow to diminish that. These are actually the most profound of words. And we need to grapple with them and come to terms with them. He has chosen to pass his words on to us using parables. And helpfully, he explains why he does this in the form of a parable. In Luke 8, if you want to turn to that. Luke 8, picking up at verse 4. There's a crowd. So this is Luke 8, verse 4. A crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him. And he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no roots. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. Their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So he's describing the sort of soil of our hearts. And I want to speak to the soil of your hearts today. This is a very simple message, but it has eternally profound consequences. What is the soil of your heart? Yeah. Is the soil of your heart rich, watered, open, ready to receive the word of God like a seed for it to be nurtured, to grow, to take root, to flourish, to bear its own fruits, that your life will be in line with the word of God and bearing the fruit of the word of God? But Jesus says, like, hey, we're going to face temptations, all right? The word of God will come, will be sown in your heart, but the devil will try to tempt you and will try to take you away. He will try to take you away. He'll try to blow that seed away. Okay? Be warned. Be careful. Don't be the one where the seed doesn't take root because the devil has tempted you. He says also we're going to face trials of many kind. I know that there are people in this room facing 
significant trial. Don't be the one where, because the seed is not watered and nurtured, it doesn't take root and that that trial will blow you away. Don't be that one. And then it talks about just the opportunities of life, being distracted by cares and worries, by pleasures and riches, turning our head. Don't be that one. No, I'm going to resist the temptation of the devil. I'm going to withstand the trials, many of which are pointed by God. I'm going to withstand the distractions of life and I am going to build everything upon the word of Jesus. This is going to be the norm for me. Then you will be able to stand with those who stood here just a moment ago who have been following Jesus for 40 years and we pray will continue to do so to the end of their days. Yeah? So this is very, very important for us to understand. You know, we've got to learn what it means to be good soil, to be open, not just to hear the word of God, but to go home, talk to your husband or wife, talk to your family members, talk to friends, and just say, well, what does that mean for me in practice? I hear that word, and we're going to hear many words. We've got lots of parables we're going to be going over. I mean, we won't have to be able to cover them all. There's 30 or 40 depending on how you decide what is or is not, is not a parable. We're not going to do them all, are we, Tim? <laughs> I think that will take quite a long time. But um, you know, there are parables about the kingdom of heaven, about hearing and seeking and growing. There's parables about loss and redemption. There's parables about love and forgiveness. There's parables about prayer. There's parables about the end times. There's other parables that cover all manner of other issues, but these are sort of things that Jesus, the King of Heaven, the architect of the universe, the one through whom we are all created, has deemed important for us to grapple with and get our hands on. And so I want to urge and encourage you to invest in digging into what Jesus has to say. What are you building your life on? Are you good soil? Are you building your life upon a rock? When life's challenges come your way, where do you turn? Turn to the words of Jesus. It's just very simple. Is that it, Morris? Turn to the words of Jesus. Yes. Turn to the words of Jesus. Is there, not, is there some sort of counseling manual I can... Well, yeah. But turn to the words of Jesus. Can I have some, a course of therapy? Well, yeah. Turn to the words of Jesus. Can someone tip a million pounds into my bank account? Well, that'd be nice. Turn to the words of Jesus. And do them. <laughs> do them. Put it into practice. I haven't got anything else to offer you. You know? What else can I give you? All I can give you is say, well, look, you know, it's the words of Jesus. It's the rock. And if we build on that rock... We're wise, and if we don't, we're foolish. If we let that seed take root in our hearts, it will bear good fruit. I haven't got anything else to offer you. You want help with broken relationships, difficulties in your life? So, I mean, the three core needs of mankind are significance. Am I significant? You know, what? What is? What am I here for? You know, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm, you know, my life hasn't amounted to much. 
I look back over it, I think, what is that? You know, when I'm gone, it's gone. You know, we wrestle with issues of self-worth. You know, I don't think anybody will really notice if I'm not here. I don't think anybody really cares about me. You know, these people don't really love me. They say they do, but I don't believe it. Everybody wrestles with these issues. Security. You know, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen tomorrow? I'm fearful about what the future holds. What's that person thinking? What's that person going to do? What are they saying about me? You know, these are the, the core needs of man. And those core needs will only ever be met in Jesus. Yeah? And so we, 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 we start in this position of in, feeling insignificant, feeling insecure, feeling low in self-esteem, you know? And we are making a journey to the rock upon which we can build our lives, where we find our righteous significance. The King of heaven loves me. The King of heaven loves me. Does it matter what anybody else thinks? The King of the universe is my friend. Of self-worth, he died for me. Made it possible for me to live with him for all eternity. This is where we find the satisfaction of these issues. If you don't complete that journey from being insignificant and lacking in self-worth and low self-esteem and don't find those things in Jesus, if we find them in anything else, if you turn to anything else to satisfy those needs, then you're building your life on false significance, false security, and false self-worth. It's false. It will not sustain you. But if you build these things on the words of Jesus, they will sustain you. Amen? Amen. You've got to make this journey. I'm talking to some people here who've been Christians for years, and you still haven't made that journey. All right? There are people in this room, because I love you and I know you, I know... Yearn to be with Jesus, but you have not finished that journey yet. You're still getting stuck here, and you're turning to the wrong things for your significance and security and self-worth. You're still turning to the things you did as a boy. You're still turning to the things you did as a girl. Grow up, put childish things behind you, and build your life on the rock. And I'm saying that with the fullness of pastoral love. Even though my face may look like a rage at times, I'm full of pastoral love. But I'm earnest about this, and I'm urgent about this, and I'm fed up with shoveling rubbish from people who have not made this journey. Yeah? I'm fed up with it. I will continue to do it because that is my heart to do it. But I'm fed up with the devil. I'm fed up with our culture. I'm fed up with people not just seeing the issue. Come on, please. It's very simple. Build your life on the rock. Don't just listen to the word, but do it. Yeah? Do it. Because I haven't got anything else to give you. If you want anything else from me, go somewhere else. I haven't got anything else. Apart from the words of Jesus. And it's all in here. The word of God is sufficient. Yeah? It's not, well, you know, my, my particular problem isn't in here. Yes, it is. Yeah? It is in here. The principles of whatever you're wrestling with are in here. And the principles of how to act upon it and deal with it 
are in here. All right? Do you believe me? Because if you don't believe me, then we're a little bit stuck. Because I haven't got a third testament. <laughs> I just got an old one and a new one, and it's all in here. Okay? So if you're looking for a resolution to the dilemmas of the life that you, you are facing at the moment, the words of Jesus are sufficient for you. But more so. He said, look, hey, I may not be here, but I'm going to send another. And it's better for you. I'm going to send my spirit to be with you. And he's going to be with you every moment of every day. To counsel you, to guard you, to guide you, to comfort you. That's a beautiful word. The comfort of heaven. If you wanted to have a conversation about the dilemmas of your life, I need to have a, I'm going to have, I've got one, it's like the one phone call to the lawyer when you're in prison. I've got one conversation. Who would you want to have that conversation with? Jesus, thank you. <laughs> Not Judge Judy or somebody else, no. Jesus, that's the right answer. You'd want to have that conversation with Jesus, wouldn't you? You'd want to sit down with Jesus and say, Jesus, what do I, what do, I do about this? please. And you'll say, well, here are my words. (laughs) Build your life on those words. And he'll say, more than that, I want to comfort you. And comfort is more than an intellectual idea. When someone comforts me, I experience comfort. Is that true? Yeah? I experience... Jesus is alive. His presence is with us. He wants to comfort us in our distress and in our dismay. He wants to do that. And so we're going to pray. We're going to, in a moment, the uh, worship team are going to come up and we're going to uh, close with a, a beautiful song of worship and the ministry team will be available. Oh, oh, we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you and just say, look, give a brother, our sister, the diligence and discipline to find the... Not the, you're not going to find the answer, but find the way through. All right? you don't, it's not that you find every answer, but you find a way through. How to endure. How to handle yourself. How to, in a sense, conduct yourself under trial and under pressure. It's all in here. And we want to pray that you'll have the diligence and the discipline to read the Word of God for yourself. But also, we want to pray for you that you would know the comfort of God. You know, the comfort of heaven. That in your innermost being, deep calls to deep. A sense of saying, you know what, you know, Jesus is with me. All right? I don't know, just to tough this out. He wants to surround me with his comfort. And that is something you will experience. All right? Don't be afraid of your emotions. Our emotions are indicators of what we're experiencing. You know, sometimes in charismatic churches, we get criticized for being a bit emotional. Well, Jesus was emotional. And my emotions are a gift. My emotions tell me what's going on in my spirit. And when the spirit of God is saying, Morris, I just want to tell you I'm with you. You know, my emotions are going to tell me that that that's a beautiful thing to hear. And that is a comforting thing to hear. And I want you to know the comfort of heaven today. If you're facing dilemmas and challenges, I want you to know the comfort of heaven today. You'll experience the comfort of heaven the comfort of your king. And I want to pray that you have the discipline and diligence to study his word and apply it to your life. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in any way.